Hi everyone, welcome to lucky episode number 13 of the DoubleClutch.ca podcast. I'm your host, Nick, managing editor of this fine establishment, and I really hope I don't die in this episode, because it's lucky number 13. What? Does you're, you're here in the studio alone with me, and you assume you're going to die? Is that what I'm too into it from this? Well, I don't know. I mean, like, Imran couldn't make it today. It's just you and me in the studio, Nathan. Yeah, but that means you're going to die. Does it? You're afraid you're going to die. You open up with, I'm afraid I'm going to die, because well, this is 13, and also 13. I'm in a room alone with you. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> this superstitious. This is not I'm nice. Just, I don't appreciate it. I'm just, I'm not superstitious. I'm just a little stitches. That's all. He said, officially. <laughs> <laughs> Is that like your mission? So you have any like office references you can pepper into this thing? You have no idea how high I can fly. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was quick. <laughs> so what have we been driving this week? Let's see. So this week we're going to cover a little bit of what we had last week and some of the stuff we got this week. So we're going to be talking about the Mercedes S580, their big new flagship. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have an older Mercedes flagship that came around the office for a little bit. Uh, so we'll be touching on that. Nice. Nick, you're driving a GLE 450e. That this is correct. Week, like a hybrid. Yep. Uh, I have a GMC Canyon Denali, and then John, who's not with us at the moment, has a. I didn't kill him. He's still with <laughs> us. He's just not with us currently in this room. I like John. Hi, John. Um, he's driving a Mustang Mach-E Long Range. Neat. What? What? The, what is the trim? Like 4EX or something? How do they do the naming conventions on those things? It's Mach-E. F- f- Mach-E. 4x right so when you when you look at the badge on the doors is it, it says mache x mache x mache x mache right. x right yes single motor long range fun there we go okay um how do we want to start this i guess we'll talk about tell my me, mercedes and we'll talk about your mercedes t- tell me about your two big black benzes uh so last week i had a 2023 s580 uh like Decked out, fully loaded with everything except the iPad in the, in the rear. Mm-hmm. I think literally every auction except Burmeister 4D and the iPad. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect to love it. As some of you may recall, if there's any regular listeners, I have been somewhat vocal in my criticism mm-hmm. of Mercedes in the past. Just about so. I may have been a little harsh at some points. Um, <laughs> this car is really nice. That's Like, it's really nice. It's interesting because, like, you pitched a poll in the double clutch chat, um, and it kind of seemed, seemed like we were kind of divided as a team as to which is the superior flagship sedan: the uh, the S five eighty or the M seven sixty. Yes, which I adored. I think you and I both slightly prefer the BMW. Yeah, I preferred it because it kind of because say what you will about its looks. I I I'm I'm still not big on the on the uh, on the big sniff. Um, but it's not the worst sniff. It's not the worst. Still not big on it, especially compared to how more conventionally attractive slash timeless the S five eighty is. Yes. Um, I what really shocked me about the the M seven sixty was that it really belied its weight. Like it drove phenomenally yeah, well. Yeah, it's an enormous like tank of a car. And yeah, you would not know it from behind the wheel. Yeah, and that that's not to say like. It's it's such a typical like cliche thing to say like yo Mercedes more luxury or BMW is more sporty. No, this thing is a boat. It, like it is a limousine. It is so yeah. plush and soft and gentle, but it just also belies its size. It's engineering witchcraft. Yeah. Um, so like with this with this comparison, like I expected it to be like just a 
dunk. Like mm-hmm. the seven's just gonna walk all over this thing. Yep. The S is it's a Mercedes and I don't love them. Everything is capacitive touch. Everything is piano black. Everything is this giant touchscreen. Like it does so many things that I hate in a car. Yep. And it does them really, really fucking well. <laughs> <laughs> the car drives amazing. Um, like you can't do anything not smooth in that car. Everything is yep. polished. Every movement is like rounded off in a natural way. It's not dull. It's just smoothed over. Like it's, it's del- deliberately finessing for you. Is it the four liter V8 plus some sort of mild hybrid? Yes. Whatever. Yeah. Okay. Same thing as everyone else. Like a four okay. and change whatever V8. Yeah. Plus four and change whatever turbos plus four and change whatever volts of electric assist. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's. I did not expect to like it as much as I did. That's. Like the the thing that that struck me the most, like once I got over. The capacitive capricious touch controls. Yeah. Um, I've warmed up to Mercedes MBUX. That's what I... So, so uh, I Because I've like, always chirped you about it, I feel I, like I'm wrong. consistently, I'm probably the only person on the team who actually doesn't mind uh, MBUX. Um, it's not that bad when you get used to it, and the voice controls actually work really well. Yes. And the fucking thing tells jokes. Really good dad jokes. Does it tell you. good dad jokes? Actually, it tells I, great I, I've dad been a, jokes. a bad supporter and haven't watched any of those reels you've made. I'm sorry. <laughs> it tells the best dad jokes, and so does the GLE. But we'll get to that later. Um. Yeah, like the UX works well. I like that one side of the steering wheel and it's too many buttons is for the main screen, and the other side is for yeah. the cluster. Like the way they set that up works really well. Like when when you take time to get used to it, it works fantastically. Mm-hmm. Very much like iDrive. Difference with iDrive being, I love the knob. I need. Yeah, I said it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the iDrive floppy knob. Like, like just having that that single point of contact yeah. that can be used for everything. Yeah, I I like that. I need that. I just really appreciate that. Um, I think it's more intuitive than like thumbing around on a steering wheel or like trying to fist the screen. Yeah. Um, what what struck me the most about the car is that like. With something like, say, the C43 that we had mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, mm-hmm. that to me, it lacked the polish that I would expect out of a Benz in the sense that like, it was rough around the edges. The trans logic programming shifting just didn't feel right. It felt like kind of like a beta almost. I, and I, really? It just didn't feel done. It just like it was so gruff. It was like fatiguing to sit in. I yeah. really did not care for that thing at all. It was very un-Mercedes of them. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of beginning that impression about a lot of the Benzes we've had over the summer and the fall. Uh, this 580, this S-Class, S stands for Sonder, Sonder class, special yeah. class, and this mm-hmm. car still feels special. There is a level of like mechanical polish, yeah. a level of engineering, beyond the tech, beyond the glitz, beyond the like here and now gizmos and stuff. There is just an extra degree of crazy attention to detail and things you wouldn't notice like you take the car around the block and you wouldn't pick these things up you have to live with it for a little bit and you start seeing these things like like the start stop every fancy pants new car has a good start stop enabled by except for Subaru but like in this higher level right where it's enabled by like the 48 volt mild hybrid system with like its own generator separate from the starter to do this they all work well the Mercedes setup in this car in particular is it's witchcraft it is black magic I don't know how they do it. it the motor just shuts off and comes back to life with no 
None of the starter noise, no yeah. crank, no turnover, no no shuttering. Like, yeah. even the BMW does that. You feel when it turns off, and it's kind of annoying, and it's annoying that you can't turn it off. And the Benz, I didn't want to turn it off because I didn't know it was working. Yeah. You, like, you don't feel it in, in the JLE either, but again, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, and it's just little things like that. There's just a little extra degree of, of, like, mechanical engineering polish behind all the glitzy tech. Yeah. It's amazing car. I'd still take the 7 personally. Yeah. Um, but stunning car. It's it's really too bad that none of that attention to detail and none of that specialness really translates into the EQS. Like I've said this multiple times, and having spent and having taken this e, and having taken this S five eighty around the block, it really is as as a flagship sedan. It really is on a completely different level than the EQS. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why Mercedes couldn't literally take the S-Class and make it fully electric. Just don't bother making it weird. Don't bother making it space-age, whatever. Just make the current S-Class you have electric. Yeah. Well, I think... So there's two reasons for that, at least that I'm aware of, is that they wanted a bespoke platform so that it could be more aerodynamically optimized and they could jam more battery into it without compromising interior room. Because that space has to go somewhere. Yep. Um, so there's that angle of it. And also, the people who buy EVs want to be visibly different, by and large. That's why, like, they all... EVs look like EVs. There's yeah. very few stealth EVs. And the few stealth EVs don't really sell. Mm. That's true. Right? I can't remember the, the last time I saw an Audi Q8 e-tron on the road. Mm-hmm. Or a Kia Soul EV. Or a Genesis DV70 Electrified. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I saw it. Although, a- would you see them though because they're so stealthy? Yeah, right. Well, well, I, I mean, I did see a GV70 like eight on electric GV70 maybe two weeks ago in the wild. But, yeah. but again, that was the only one that I've seen like ever since it launched. Right. Yeah. But maybe I haven't been paying too close attention. I don't know. Maybe the stealth is working. But either way, yeah. If you want to be like an early adopter of this flashy, expensive thing, you want people yeah. to know, hey, look, that guy's an early adopter of the flashy flagship thing, just like Teslas, right? Teslas have that. Because everyone wants the stupid Tesla because of the stupid brand recognition. <laughs> yep. And they want to be seen in the Tesla because they saw it on the internet and that's cool. And yep. that's, that's the cool thing to have. Yep. So everyone else is trying to ape that by having a visually distinct EV-ish style. Mm. So that like you can say, I have that thing. Look at me rolling up in this thing. I have a thing. It is very much a here and now kind of thing, keeping up with the Joneses. Um, My thing is better than your thing. My thing is bigger than your thing. It is longer than your thing. It's harder than your thing. <laughs> Look at my thing. That's what that's about. That's what the EQS is about. Yeah. And I didn't appreciate that. Mm. Do you think the... So, we also spent some time with a W140 S-Class, which was also, which is arguably the... the uh, which is obviously the... S-Classiest S-Class of all. Of all. Um, would... Like, I... I don't think anything in Mercedes-Benz's current portfolio will age as well as the W140 has today. Like, no. Like 20, 30 years down the line, will we be looking at Mercedes, Mercedes's current uh, lineup with the same fondness as we do right now with W140s? I don't think so. No, I, no, I, no. And like that car is so, it's such a weird thing because it is so big and it was like scandalously huge in 92 when it yeah. rolled out. Um, and it's like a very simple proportions, 
no like flame surfacing, very little in the way of like details. It's just a big slab of car. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of what I appreciate about the 760 is that it was aping that like big blockish vault style. Yep. That Mercedes has gotten away from and BMW is like, oh, well, we'll just take that. Thank you. And I, ca- I caught those echoes in that 7. Yep. That's part of what I liked about it. Just that, that striking hugeness for better or worse. Mm. Um, but yeah, this, uh, so we had a 99 S500. So last year it's black on black on monoblocks, like the exact mm. spec you want one of those cars mm-hmm. to be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's glorious. It, the thing that struck me the most about it is that like, so I, I took this car out for a drive during the same week that we had this S580. So yep. like back to back. It doesn't feel old. It doesn't feel dated. It doesn't feel appreciably worse. This 30-year-old car with 200K on it doesn't feel appreciably worse than this brand new flagship. Hmm. And that's ridiculous. That's pretty remarkable. It does the same kind of like hoft on highways. Like it's without like floating or being boaty. It's just very soft. Everything is that same polish. Every every input is rounded off. Like you can't be a jerk in that car. Or can't jerk yourself around, I should say. <laughs> jerk your passengers around. I forget it. That, that's, that is distracted driving, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just like the level of fit and finish and quality and how well the thing drives and how like how clear and tight the family resemblance is despite mm-hmm. being so far apart in age is really astonishing. And I'm very much looking forward to writing about that car later. It's um, it, It's... Yeah, it it's it's interesting because like it's interesting that the W one forty S five hundred that we all played with, um, it's interesting that it's interesting it's interesting that you mention um, it still feels as good as the as the current one because you know even even if if even when you look at infotainment systems from ten years ago, like they still feel. Like mm-hmm. they feel absolutely worlds apart. Yeah. Right now. Yeah, because it's like picking up an old phone. So like, so like, yeah. I, I can, I just can't imagine how well those current systems will hold up in exactly in in the future. Yeah, like that's something I've been harping on about a lot. Like all these cars are going to date themselves horrifically yeah. as they lean more and more on this tech. It's going to become more and more dated more and more quickly. Whereas this one forty has a radio. A cluster like yeah. it, there's nothing that's going to date itself in there yeah. outside of like visibly being an old car and not having gloss black everything and touchscreens everything like it's, it feels old because it is old but it doesn't feel dated and useless yeah that's the one thing I didn't like about the S580 was that like like just the, that massive acreage of gloss blast gloss black plastic on the center console meanwhile when you look at something that is maybe Still, still, still available in Mercedes' current current lineup, like the GLE 450e. Nice transition. There, thank you. There is, like, I couldn't find a lick of piano black piano black plastic in that interior. I was so impressed with that car. Yeah. So I just took that thing out for a drive. I it's like, really actually floored. Like that's yeah. that is exactly the product Mercedes should be making. I love that dashboard mm-hmm. design. I think it's the older. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think it's the older style dashboard design. Yes, yes, it where is. Where it's simpler. It's not quite as flowy. It's just like tight vents, widescreen. Here yep. you go, and a trackpad. And like I'm a bitter old man. I love trackpads. I love the trackpad in that thing. And you have physical climate controls. And there's physical climate controls. And yet it. So it does feel a little bit dated in the sense that you know Mercedes's 
chasing that postmodern weird for the sake of weird hyperscreen uh, layout in their. I don't think it's that. I think vehicles. they're chasing like the Tesla-ism of portraitness, like the the portrait Tesla portrait mm. style screen, and they're just kind of yeah. arc- angling it back towards the driver, making it part of a flowing dash, in the name of ergonomics. Yeah. But I think it's actually, and maybe this being being super cynical, I think it's just trend chasing. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, Although I guess in in Mercedes defense, you either go portrait or go ultra wide. Like there's only two ways to do screens now. We're kind of like approaching that standardization. Yeah. Right. We're like we're all video game controls approached like they're either Call of Duty or Halo. That's it. Yeah. There's no other way to set up a controller. Yeah. Right. We're we're getting That's to fair. that singularity. Yeah. Um, but like I like the fact that the GLE's interior kind of felt old school because it doesn't really slap you. It 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 it, it doesn't slap you in the face with like Mercedes sort of trying to reinvent the wheel as they have in their other vehicles. Mm-hmm. It just it just feels nice inside. It's a nice place to sit. Like you have black leather, white leather, brushed aluminum, the vents that frame the screen, yeah. which I love. Yeah. It's very well integrated into yeah. the dashboard. It feet. looks great. Like it yeah. looks great. It Able feels great. In. There's no there's no stupid gloss. It's very physical. Yeah. Like you call it old school and I think it's a little silly to call it old school because it still looks fresh and new like a modern product but it's not as aggressively like gimmick futuristic like a lot of Benz's are yeah it's just it's like kind of classic pragmatic Benz engineering yeah kind of like what you talked about in your still to be published um, W123 story Mm -hmm. it just kind of challenges that same sort of like simplicity that same sort of that same sort of solidity over yeah. trends yeah like it has to function first yeah and i i really appreciate that about it and yeah. it drives great like you've had the thing longer than i have so yeah. what do you think about it on the road um drives fantastic i totally thought it had the three liter uh v6 um under the hood or and i thought it had the straight six it has neither it has yeah. a two liter four cylinder believe it or not uh and it's hooked up to a to um a plug-in electric powertrain uh, give me one second. Let me pull up the numbers here. Uh, so, yeah, so how much of the heavy lifting is done by electricity? Uh, that is a great question. And how much electricity can you put in it? Okay, so the gas engine alone pushes out 248 horsepower. Uh, the electric motor uh, put, uh, p- pitches in one, 134. Uh, so you got a... Oh. And that's paired to a 23... And change kilowatt hour battery. So you okay, got, it's not so, nothing. So in total, you got net three three hundred eighty one horsepower, four seventy nine pound feet of torque. It doesn't feel like it. Like I like the car a yeah. lot. It does not feel like three hundred three hundred eighty horsepower. No, it definitely does. It definitely feels. Yeah, it's not as punchy as I as I thought it would be. Uh, the gas engine alone, um, it does it does boogie off the line when yeah. you punch it off the. Like it's not slow. Off it's just it just doesn't feel as fast as those numbers would indicate. Yeah, um, and by the same by the same token, it isn't quite the same kind of. Um, it's not quite the same jack of all trades as the X five plug in hybrid is. See, I didn't get to sample that. So, did you? No, hmm. but Ben, shout out to Ben. Hi, Ben. Uh, he has. He had absolutely amazing things to say about it. Basically, he 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 came away thinking like that's probably the perfect family hauler. I can believe that. Yeah, 
I don't get that same sense with the GOE 450E, but it's pretty fucking good. It's really good. I, yeah. I was super impressed with that. What 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 takes it away from that level of perfect? In, like what's so? Uh, you told me you were going to measure this. You haven't measured it yet. But what yeah. is the advertised electric range on that thing? It's it it's actually it actually goes pretty far on EV power alone. It's uh seventy seven kilometers. Okay. Of EV only range. Which That's is, healthy. It's uh, I can't remember what I, I I can't remember off the top of my head what the Range Rover uh, Sport P have put out, but I think it's it. In the same neighborhood. In the, so and like I think the X5 is like 90. Beans. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely up there. Um, if you have a short commute or, or or even a somewhat longish commute, you know, my... Yeah, that would uh, take me to and from the office, no sweat. Oh, easily. Yeah. I wouldn't burn a drop of gas if I... Yeah. It, uh, when I, if I commuted to the office. Um, but I picked it up with maybe about uh, 34 kilometers of range. So, so, so the battery wasn't fully charged. Right. Uh, so I can't quite comment on, on how like much range actual range. Full. Yeah, yeah. But seventy-seven, uh, seventy-seven kilometers is pretty good. Pretty healthy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like I, so I commute from like West End of Toronto to Oakville. Yeah, and like that would get me to and from no Absolutely. sweat. Absolutely, no here. sweat. Same here. Um, it's quiet, super quiet. Uh, yeah, there's like, almost no wind, road noise. Um, it's remarkably well isolated, especially yeah. for like a air quotes like old shape. Yeah, like Mercedes been making this body for a while now. Yeah, and like it's still impressively refined. It's so yeah. quiet. It rides great. It drives well. A little artificially in the steering. You don't feel that like artificially or than usual. A little bit, but I give it a pass because like you know big SUVs like like that. You don't really care about the driving. Yeah, so I kind of give it a pass. Yeah, I wasn't talking shit. Like this is this is well within acceptable yeah. levels. Yeah, but it's very light. I can I can basically st- I I can basically. St- I, I can basically steer with my index finger. Yeah. Um, Rides great. Drives great. Lots of space. Yeah. Um, perfect spec, I think. It's got the yeah. AMG package. It's so pretty, uh, dude. Dark green on like a very light beige, almost white interior. Like Fucking s- perfect spec. It's such a nice spec. Yeah. And it's like super dark green. Like yeah. in, all, in anything but direct sunlight, it is black. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I picked it up at night. I thought it was black. And then the next, the next morning... It was sunny. I took my 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 dog for a walk. I was like, "Holy shit! It's dark green. Oh my god!" <laughs> yeah, it looks great. And like, the AMG package isn't overwrought on that. It's mostly just wheels. Yeah, and it works. Yep, I think I hate to admit it, but yeah, it actually does work. And unlike BMW, Mercedes Mercedes doesn't smack you in the face with a bunch of M- uh, with a bunch of AMG badges either. It's just I'm sorry, are you shit talking BMW on this podcast right now? On I air? Am, are you doing this right now? I am simply pointing out that <laughs> while BMW <laughs> tends to bash you over the head with M badges on vehicles that, that aren't actually M cars. They do. Mercedes simply gives you uh, when you t- when you take the AMG package, they simply give you ice bumpers. Nice wheels that admittedly do have AMG logos on there, and that's it. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you that. It's a lot. It's a lot more. It's a little more subtle. It's a little more subtle. I was gonna say tasteful, but I still don't love the grill with the Mercedes star thing that they have to do. A lot of stars. The GLE three three hundred also had that. Um, I tried to count how many stars were on the grill. I lost. It's just dizzy. Yeah. Yeah. Nice vehicle, and like. So, part of how you and I were both able to get the powertrain wrong 
is that it does not sound like a four banger at all. I thought like, no. yeah, this could be the straight six. It's kind of limp wristed, but it could be. And like, okay, maybe next right. Maybe it is like the older V6 yeah. or a different V6. It's like, it is pretty heavy to, to, to begin with. Yeah, but just the sound and the feel of the thing, like it was refined to such a point that it didn't yeah. feel like a four banger. Whereas? Whereas for for not dissimilar money. Oh, okay, so so a few months ago, we also had the Jeep Grand Cherokee uh, Trailhawk 4xe or 4xe, however, I uh, forget what how you actually pronounce it. Um, as tested, that thing was about 88 grand. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wanted to like the Grand Cherokee. I've always enjoyed the previous ge- uh, generation Grand Cherokee, so I had high hopes with this one. Yeah, the new one looks amazing. It does look great. Yeah. Um, I sampled the 4xe powertrain in a Wrangler, uh, I think it was like last year or the year before, whatever. Um, it was middling. Yeah, uh, I, thought it was, it, I thought it was fine in that application. Yeah, but 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 it's very, like in the Grand Cherokee, it's very choppy, very unrefined. You definitely do feel uh, when the gas engine kicks in. It's so coarse. Like it, it, it's it a very, very journalisty thing to bitch about, but like it is such a rough, unrefined agricultural. It feels like someone's like it's, pulling a ripcord on a lawnmower under the hood of that yeah, thing. It's almost Subaru levels of coarse. Yikes, dude! <laughs> you know what? I think no, no, no. Let's let's not shit talk. Hang on. Subaru's actually come a long way with that. I don't know that I love that they've come a long way with that because they've ironed out all the character out of those engines. Fair, but they have. Whereas this, the and you still got a bit of grumbling us in certain. In, yeah, because I because I also I drove Zach's Grand Cherokee four by e last year. Yeah, and like it was a short drive, and I was like taken aback at how like just nasty that engine Na- and, engine and transmission were like it felt like a lawnmower engine, like a yeah. nasty lawnmower engine being driven by like a kid learning to drive stick for the first time <laughs> it was so weird and motorboaty like an otherwise yeah. beautiful vehicle i hated it i yeah. couldn't believe it and, and i'm pretty sure you only get like you basically get half the range uh in the grand cherokee 4 by e so about 30 uh the 35 is uh 30 35 35 kilometers is sticking it in my brain but i could be wrong hmm. 35 to 40 it's definitely it's basically half of what the GLE gives you yeah and at at eighty eight grand as tested for the four by e, it was expensive for what it was, especially when you consider the fit and finish. Like like that thing had a ton of hard plastic in the interior, mm. and you do get like the speaking of journalist things to bitch about. I know, right? <laughs> um, you do get more. Uh, you do get get better materials as you climb through the uh, through the uh, yeah through, through the like trims. like a decked Grand Cherokee is fucking gorgeous. Yeah. But for like eighty-eight grand as tested, versus ninety thousand one hundred to start for the GLE four hundred and fifty E, mm-hmm. that is one very tough decision to make. Actually, no, it's is it? It's it's not a tough decision to make. Yeah, because like, and it comes back around to that Mercedes level of polish. Yeah, right. Like it's just that little bit more well thought out, a little bit more mechanically sorted. Yep. It just feels that much nicer to use. It feels like the expensive product it is, whereas the Jeep, and I especially wanted to like it, and it looks great. It's yeah. just kind of a letdown in that yeah. regard, I mean, and with that powertrain in particular. I mean, I want to specify that because I really like that thing. To be fair, our Leaf 450 has about 12 grand worth of options on there, so it's 102, 630 as tested. Okay. But if you, if you dock the... 
AMG package, the 21-inch wheels, and the aluminum running boards, which Mercedes seems to charge about a grand for, which are kind of useless because that, that thing's not very big. It's not high enough to need no. them. You can probably get it, like, well well under the 90 grand mark. Mm. And, like, that's actually pretty good that's pretty, that's for a pretty impressive for, value. For a very fancy, very smooth um, mm-hmm. plug-in hybrid EV. But also, like, it flips around... <sighs> depends what you want because like we're sitting here talking about a 90 odd thousand dollar family suv thing yeah with a two liter four-cylinder engine and we're saying this is great value like isn't it weird how that's turned around like it kind of is because like well it's it's i thought it was a straight six you thought it was a v6 and we're sitting here going oh it's a little four popper like yeah that's still not bad like it actually (laughs) isn't yeah um Whereas in something like, say, the GMC Canyon that I have this week, yeah. the Canyon, the new Canyon, and does the Chevy equivalent still exist anymore? Yeah, yeah they still do the Colorado. They still do the Colorado. Yeah. Um, but the Canyon is exclusively powered by GM's new like 2.7 liter turbo four engine that yeah. is was debuted in like the base level Silverados yep. and saw like a brief stint. I shouldn't say brief stint. It's also selectively deployed in some cars like the CT4V. Yes. Not the Blackwing, just the no. the, the slightly the, hot the CT4 CT4V. V, but you still can't get a Camaro with that engine, which is... Yeah. I didn't like it in the CT4V, mm. and I thought, okay, maybe like it's kind of like gruff, torquey, yep. whatever kind of character with Suda truck, and it still doesn't. I, it's a... I really... that This truck is disappointing, because <laughs> I really wanted to like it. It looks great. It looks fucking excellent. Yeah. It is such a good-looking truck. And you have truck. the Denali, too, so yeah. you have the nice... The nice big wheels, uh, crumb, crumb from everywhere. Yeah, it it's not overly crummy. It's pretty tasteful. Super tasteful, and yeah. like, like the GM kind of semi voluptuousy proportions. Yeah, exaggerated on a smaller shape like that. And it's funny to say small because that thing is as big as an 03 Silverado. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but yeah, it, the truck looks like a million bucks. It drives bewilderingly well. Yeah, like outside of powertrain nitpicks like it drives yeah. it handles great mm-hmm. brake feels great like everything it mm-hmm. feels like surprisingly good mm-hmm. if you put a good motor in that thing it'd be ridiculously fun to drive like the 3.6 liter v6 like the 3.6 v6 used to have. but that motor is harder to make compliant yeah doesn't have as much torque mm-hmm. it's harder on gas i think maybe i'm not sure because this thing is good but not amazing yeah i saw you're gonna like 12.9 13 kilo- 13 liters per 100k yeah and this is not that good it's not amazing it's not bad though because like in the same use case in the silverado high country that i had a few months ago where it's like 50 50 ish of like sitting in traffic and highway cruising yeah i was doing like high 14s if my memory serves Mm. and it's really easy to dip like 15 16 if you have a heavyish foot at all yeah um Whereas in this, it's kind of like you're pegged right around 13, regardless of what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so like, it's not, it's not amazing. You would hope for more for this four-cylinder engine, but it's not bad. I think the biggest thing, and this is something we've touched around before, the importance of acoustics. Yeah. Right. Like we touched on this, like when we were talking about the Challenger. Right. If you were deaf, mm. would that car still be interesting? Mm. Um, if you were deaf, this thing would be a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> it and, and it's a dumb. If there's any engineers listening to this, like the 2.7 liter turbo four in in this truck is actually a marvel of engineering. The amount of shit that GM put into this motor yep. to make it torquey and reliable 
remains to be seen, but ho- hopefully reliable, yep. efficient, compliant, refined-ish. Like, like, they've thrown a ton of shit at the wall. I could go on to it for a while. Like, the amount of programming that went into it. Like, it has variable deactivation, so that if you give it, like, partial throttle, it'll calculate what you're asking for, and depending on conditions, it will shut down two cylinders because it's more efficient to run two cylinders at a greater load than have all four at a lower pressure because there's slightly less pumping losses. Hmm. Like little crazy nerdy shit like that. Yeah. Like your your right foot is wow. not actually directing anything. Yeah. You're just requesting power and it's figuring out how to give it to you. Yeah. Um, and the start stop is impressive and it's stupidly clean on, on emissions. Like yeah. engineering masterpiece. Like it just it's, it sounds so like, impressive. It, it just sounds terrible. And it has no character. It sounds like shit. It is raw. It is gruff. It is loud. Yeah. And it's like not the fun kind of gruff and loud. Right? Like like if that truck sounded kind of like a Subaru mm-hmm. or, <laughs> or something like a Focus RS some kind of throaty that had some like soul yeah. behind it. I could see it working. Yeah. In this application it just like I don't know. Half the time it's fine but when you get on it at all for any reason and it's just kind of like, yeah, like trying to take off at like two, three grand. Like it, it's just so economy car yeah. shitty. It sounds very much like my mom's 03 Focus <laughs> from 03. <laughs> like it's just drony and weird and yeah. And I don't know. What did you think? You drove the thing. What did you think? Well, I was surprised at how comfortable it was, especially for a pickup. Um, looks good the new interior is nice uh, so so a, a bit of a background um it is refreshed for 2023 yeah so you have brand new, new vehicle uh, yeah so you have new um a new uh wait is it refreshed or totally redesigned i think it's a brand new vehicle okay um, I remember when i saw it in la last year i was super impressed with it, it yeah like a million bucks um these these the zr2s and the bike uh yeah the zr2s look and the at4x that's uh, gmc's version they, they, they look fucking badass mm. um but but this one's the denali um, still looks good. Uh, interior is comfy. Uh, definitely more. A lot of, again, here's my auto journalist hat. A lot of hard touch materials in there for like sixty grand, especially in a Denali. That's the problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like this truck a lot. I could get over the powertrain. Yeah, the interior does o- feel kind of shitty for a Denali. I could get over it until I found out it was sixty-two grand. Yeah. And also, like, come on, like, what are you, like, what are you getting? Or like a base one, I can't remember if it's forty eight or fifty three, but like outside of adaptive cruise and like maybe a better sound system, yeah. and like a, a tiny smattering of wood and like slightly nicer seats, I don't understand really what you're getting. I feel like it's like I don't know. I, I struggle with it, man. Like yeah. I, I want to like this thing, and I feel like in in ten fifteen years on the used market, I probably will like this thing. Yeah. But right now in the modern climate. Like in that marketplace, in that segment, for what other truck you can get, either from the full size or from other mid sizes, in yeah. around that price point, I don't know, man. I struggle to justify it. I really wanted to like it, and it drives so good. Yeah, it'll be interesting, it'll be interesting to see how the new Taco compares to it. Um, yeah, <clears throat> but because um, Ta- like new Taco's coming, new Rangers coming, too. new Rangers coming. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. So like this, they're at a really sticky point with this. Yeah. Hmm. But I mean, like, also, like, the la- the last taco I had was, like, 
it was a manual transmission in cloth seats. Like the thing was crazy base spec. Yeah, and it was still fifty grand. Can this you? is this is a much nicer truck than that. Like way nicer. That's true. Truck. For, and, for like for like for a ten grand difference between the two, uh, between a current taco and a brand new uh, Colt Canyon Denali. Yeah, it's not that. It's kind of worth it. It, it is it is worth it. It's, it is, it is it. that much nicer of a vehicle. It does drive very well. It is pretty efficient. Like especially if you don't need if you're not hauling four by eight cheese of plywood. If you don't need like an actual huge yeah. box, it's a small bed too. It is a very small bed, but most people don't need a huge bed. It's yeah. it's a kind of a weird thing. Like we keep trucks around to do trucks things with the truck things with. So when we pick a truck, we pick a big truck so we can do truck things with. Yep. This is not a truck to do truck things with. <laughs> Because it's not big enough it to do a, truck things. It is a truck to do car things with, yes. which is what most people do with trucks anyway. Bingo. But it is still a truck. It's not like like the unibody trucks. It's definitely still a truck. It feels like a truck. Yeah. It's tight. It rides decidedly firm. Although, what I was most floored by, like despite being like a truck-based body, yeah, truck frame, I should say, there's no shutters. Like it is such a stiff architecture. Yes. There's zero shutters. Yeah. No shimmies. None of the weird side to side shit you get out of most like box frame trucks. Yeah. The thing is, like yeah. is so composed. Surprisingly smooth. Yeah. Like like really impressive engineering and fantastic styling. I just I don't know. Maybe I'm just in a tizzy about it, but like I'm a little struggling with with the price. But then I know like the new taco within a nice spec is going to be about that. Yeah. Ford's not going to give any money up. They'll they'll be in the same point. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Did you manage to get wireless CarPlay, uh, sorry, Android Auto working? I am a heathen and I don't use those things. Someone tried really hard to make the software in these vehicles. We talked about this. Yes. We talked about this. Yes, exactly. And I want to use the software in the car. But they also worked to integrate that. Okay, so where I'm... No, they didn't. Some guy was just trying to dial a plug-in into that. Where I'm going with this... You know what? If I'm wrong, I, I don't want to be wrong. If I'm wrong, if someone out there is actually working really, really hard to make CarPlay talk to a car and I just shout on your work, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I feel like more people set up the infotainment. I can get wireless CarPlay to work reliably in the Trax RS last week. It just would not connect. And when it did connect, in the rare occasions that, that I could count on one hand that it would connect, it would drop within like like five minutes. That's annoying. That is fucking infuriating that's all people want a modern car to do yes does it have carplay no i don't want it like that's it yeah so bummer i'm yeah. sorry man that's uh okay you so know, i have my own nitpicks because i'm weird and fussy about shit and you can't use your phone so that's brutal i'm sorry yeah otherwise wonderful vehicle <laughs> surprising truck yeah I, I really liked it truck to do truck things yeah i, I think it mixed bag I, like, I feel kind of disappointed. I think it's mostly from the powertrain. Yeah. I feel like I'd be way happier at like f- like a mid-level one at like 53, mm-hmm. I think. 53, 55. I think I'd be pretty happy with it. Yeah, because then you can k- kind of forgive some of its shortcomings. Yeah. yeah. See, I think the other thing is like Denali's come with nicer powertrains, right? Yeah. Whereas there is no nicer powertrain in this. Just one and done. You get that four popper and that's it. Yeah. For f- versus in the Sierra... Versus in the the Sierra, you get the good V8. Not necessarily. You get a V8. So in the Denali, you get the, the choice of 5.3 or the 6.2. Oh, really? Or the diesel motors. It's. I totally thought the Denali, the Sierra Denali, uh, the Sierra Denali, Denali was uh, 6.2 only. See, that is exactly what I thought. But then they rolled out the Denali Ultimate, which is now mm-hmm. the new flagship, the new Denali. So the 
Denali Denali, just like the yeah. M badge can be like put on anything now. Yeah. Um, and the Denali Ultimate is like the flagship that only has the nice shit. Ah, okay. So that one has the six uh, two. Yeah. Okay. Or like gotcha. on the Silverado High Country, I had basically Silverado's Denali. Like that was a ninety three thousand dollar truck. Yeah. That didn't have adaptive cruise. And this does for thirty grand less. So like, there, there's something there. There is the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. I think I'm just you know what else got in my head about it. You know what else doesn't have adaptive cruise for ninety to hundred thousand dollars this week? That Benz doesn't have adaptive cruise. The GLE, pathetic, garbage. See this, and this is the thing, right? Like, and the Jeep did. It's not actually garbage. No, it's not garbage. But like the Jeep you were talking about, yeah, did have that, didn't it? It did. It did. That's the, the thing. Grand Cherokee did. Right. So like, it's a matter of like, I can put features on a list, and then the Jeep will have more things, whereas the Benz will have more polish. Yeah. What do you want? It has. Well, the Mercedes arguably has just enough, just as much things, but. But not the things. thing. Yeah. What is life in a modern car without adaptive cruise? What is the point of driving if you're not if the car's not going to drive itself? <laughs> <laughs> All we do is sit in traffic, especially with these PHEVs. They are perfect for sitting in traffic because they regenerate their own electricity. Yeah. Why do I have to do it manually? Bullshit. Speaking of electricity. Speaking of sitting in traffic and generating its own electricity and powering itself. We also have a Ford Mustang Mach-E this week. Okay, mm. uh, Nick, I, can you answer this for me? Okay. This is an important question. Okay. Anyone listening, at me on this. like okay. At autofixated at, on Instagram. Yeah. Or at doubleclutch.ca. Like, I would Hell love yeah. to know an answer for this. Ford owns the rights to Thunderbird. Yes. They are making a product called Lightning, which is an electric yes. vehicle. Why would you not have Thunder and Lightning? If they wanted to do the retro callback thing, yep. you already have the Lightning set aside for the truck, and that makes sense because there was an F-150 Lightning previously. Yes. And that arguably back then was the performance of F-150, and it's kind of the closest thing you can get these days to a performance F-150. Precisely. It is a logical step. Yeah. Now, you want to do a car. You have Thunderbird. You have that name in your back pocket. That's a name that people know, and it sounds cool. Yeah. And you go, let's copy the silhouette of a Tesla Model Y and put a horse on it and call it a fucking day. Why? Why? So, <clears throat> I struggle with that myself, too. But I feel like nobody would... I feel like... Th- Anything electric that Ford would have put out without the Mustang badge would have faded into oblivion very quickly. So I can I can understand, I can respect why they call it the Mustang Mach-E. It's bullshit, but I see why they did it. It's just so we talk Be- about it, but we're talking exactly. about it for the wrong reason. But and, but And, and it's a good car. But like, people should- still buy these things, though. I see so many on the road. Yeah, there's a good amount of them. I just like, okay, picture this. Let me pitch you this, okay? Okay. They have the Lincoln Continental. That is an architecture that exists. Raise it by four inches, a la the Toyota Crown. Okay. Put a new fascia on it. Call it a Thunderbird. Mm. And make it EV powertrain. You, You raise it a little bit so that you can put batteries in it. Yep. And now it's a Thunderbird. Hmm. Isn't that badass? Like, picture this in your head. That's pretty fucking cool. Big, badass sedan. Because the Thunderbird, for most of its life, was a big luxury car, big sedan. Yeah. Right? Like, we think about the first ones, but they were mostly big luxury cars. So do that. But instead, we have a Tesla cutout with a Tesla touchscreen and Tesla button doors and a Mustang face and taillights. 
And that's what we're talking about mm. instead of this distinct cool product. But it gets people talking. That's the thing about that's the thing about the the previous Continental. It was cool. It looked great. It had presence, but nobody cared about it. And I don't think anybody would care about any Ford EV unless it was branded Mustang. Yeah, but the whole thing about EVs, as we were just talking about, is to be distinct, to be very obviously EV, to be very obviously different. And they didn't do different. They did what exactly they did the same anonymous teardrop everyone else did. Realized, well, fuck, we can't redesign the damn thing now. Put a horsey on it. I think that's what happened. Mm. I really do think that's what happened. Well, the focus group said they wanted this, so we did this. And the focus group said we wanted that, so we did that. And the focus group, the focus group wanted a fucking Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if the I wonder if the focus group said to call it a Mustang. Possibly, nah, maybe. No, that sounds like cynical. So. That Pe- sounds like cynical product planning to me. People would still be pissed off if they, uh, if they called it. Also, I just thought of this. I will take this opportunity to remind you that the first popular Tesla was a. Was the Lotus? No, the first popular no? Tesla, popular Tesla that sold in Model S? was a Model S. Was a big sedan. Because mm. it was striking and it's different. True. And who the fuck else was making a big sedan? true evs to that point sucked they were little economy hatchbacks oh my god like a Mach-E. <laughs> so tesla struck out with a sexy model s yeah and they sold approximately four billion of them and put tesla on the map and then they could crank out garbage after that because yeah, but they now already made they a splash out? with the sexy thing yeah but now what what teslas do you see the most of it's all it's all it's all threes and whys it's all model because y's. they're cheap and they suck and that's what people want that's what the focus groups wanted and that's fine but like if Ford wanted to make a splash, hmm. the way to do it would have been to make a compelling product instead of to make a pretty decent product with a de- divisive name on it. Hmm. This thing personally offends me, <laughs> especially because it's otherwise pretty good, like dull, but pretty good. Yeah. And like the GT ones, like the fast ones aren't even bad. Like they, they drive yeah. great. They handle really yeah. well. They're quiet. They're luxurious. They write like they don't have the QC issues we've seen in other Fords. Yeah. Like they got good range. They're, when you cut through the the bullshit of what Ford should and or shouldn't have called it, the Mach-E actually is pretty easy to live with. It's a good vehicle. Like, it's it's practical, it's comfortable. Like, I already said this. Practical, comfortable, it rides well. Like, it's isolated. Yeah. It, it drives well enough. The one-pedal mode works well. The infotainment, as much as I don't like that they aped mm. the Tesla-style portrait screen because you can go one way or the other, and mm-hmm. Ford went after Tesla. Um, Like, it works. It, it's a good vehicle. It's just... I don't get it. And also, our, our tester this week, so it's pretty loaded, like yeah. like leather stuff, power stuff, panoramic stuff. It's got stuff, and the long-range battery stuff, but only single-motor stuff. So, so the, it's not fast. So it's rear-wheel drive. Rear drive. Okay. Is it rear drive? 4X? No. F- 4X will be all-wheel all drive. This is the problem. And also, the naming scheme is so <laughs> convoluted, and they're so boring that I don't give a fuck. The um, badge says Moshe. <laughs> But, like, <laughs> we kind of have come to expect EVs to be fast from the Tesla Model S. Yeah. This thing is not fast. It is not even mm. on the same planet as fast. It drives well, but it's not fast. If you're looking for something interesting, you have to spend over 100 grand for a GT. And that's the other problem I have with this thing is that, like, it, it's nice. It's 86 grand. Jesus, that's not cheap. That is two grand more than a GV70 Electrified, which we all adored. That's which is also faster. It has less range, admittedly. That's uh, roughly the same na- neighborhood as the GV60 Performance, which is phenomenal EV. 
Yeah. Uh, it's about 10 grand more than the Kia EV6 GT, which I wasn't really impressed with. Sorry, that's 10 more than an EV6 GT? Yeah. Yeah, the EV6 GT, that's a 72, mid-70s. I'll call it. I'll call it mid-70s. Okay, so you know what? Like, I, I don't think you have to talk to you about this because I was looking forward to trying that EV6 GT and, like, just yeah. due to the way the week worked out, I never I never got to see the thing. Yeah. Tell me about it. Um, great powertrain. It does everything an a, a performance EV should. So it has the it has that neck snap and torque. It'll keep you pinned to your seat until you chicken out. Um decent range we had it in winter and i think the best i got out of it was like three three thirty ish kilometers before I, before i had to check it out and plug in uh, which wasn't bad that's not nothing for like the for like the, for, it was cold for like that the week. middle of winter yeah it's not bad yeah uh i was really really let down by the interior really for 75 and change it felt really cheap as that plus i had manual goddamn seats oh that's for an EV flagship, that's 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 it, it 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 also really underwhelmed me in the sense that it's supposed to be the 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 spiritual successor to the Stinger, okay, as Kia's flagship, and and when the Stinger came out, that was that that basically flipped the the sports sedan segment on its head. It was a world beater. It was like holy shit, you get nine tenths of a three of a three series at. 20 grand less is mm-hmm. fantastic. I don't get the sense that 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 same sort of world beating uh qualities with the EV6 GT. I mean 75 grand for 600 and whatever horsepower is not bad. Okay, but you can also I I I I I would much rather sacrifice 100 and 150 horsepower go, go for a Genesis GV60 performance with Maybe about with what four four eighty I think four eighty ish horsepower. I think it's the same powertrain as in the GV seventy I had, which was like four eighty. Yeah, and like six hundred and sixty foot pounds or some stupid like that. That it's thing still felt, fucking that thing fast felt that enough. thing felt too fast. Yeah, and and that's the thing. It felt fast enough. It felt stupid enough. Yeah. Especially in my application in the yeah. GV seventy, we're like, this is chassis was not set up for this, and you nope. can feel it. Nope, <laughs> and yet it. It does feel much. It it actually feels more worth the money than the than the EV6. That makes sense to me. Did you try drift mode? Because that's the big. That's the big. <laughs> that's the thing, right? Like I was gonna say, that's the killer app because that's like a common term of phrase in reviewing yes. products. So this is the killer app you got to have. But an EVs is literally a fucking app because there's no other character yes. in the damn thing. Uh, I can confirm that there was snow that week. I can confirm that. I allegedly sampled drift mode, and it is allegedly very tail happy, as you would expect something with 576 horsepower to be. Very good. Okay. Yeah. So like that works good. That works. It well. does. That's kind of what you're it paying does. for, right? That's sort of it's meant to be like the hooligany EV. Yeah. But when I'm dropping 75 grand on an electric vehicle, I don't want manual goddamn seats. Well, isn't isn't the GT specifically get manual seats because it's lighter? I think I remember hearing that. I could I could EV. be talking out of my ass, but I what thought I heard it. What kind of EV is light? I don't know. There's man. no such there's no such such thing as a lightweight EV. So like, why even bother putting in manual seats, which is just a cop out because that's basically the only kind of race seats that Hyundai has in their port or Hyundai Kia has in their portfolio. That might be why. 
and they're basically lifted from the Elantra slash Veloster N. Where they are manual. Manual. Because it's they're o- lighter. It's okay in a $40,000 hot hatch, but in a $75,000 75, flagship? Yeah, but an EV6 is the $40,000 hot hatch with a $30,000 battery pack in it. That's 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 what you're that's what's what you're missing here. Hmm. Electricity costs money. You're paying for a lot of lithium in the two motors. There's a lot of copper in there. Well, I guess where I'm coming from is that I can't justify like, the EV6 when the GV60 per a performance is already ju- I get what you're saying. Less though. powerful, but just as thrilling, just as and it's just it's just as willing to bludgeon you over the head with instant torque mm. off the line. It's just as it. It's just as entertaining off the line. Yeah, I get that. Wasn't the argument that the EV6 GT is supposed to be because of the drift mode? It's the one that handles because EVs prior to that did not turn good, and then the EV6 rolls up like, "Yo, we turn good." Wasn't that the, the whole thing? Yeah, but I mean, the what is Ionic- the cost of turning good? manual seats versus turning good there you go well you need you need the manual seats because they have extra bolstering so you can turn more good i guess well you gotta be hating (laughs) because every time i'm my because every time my wife (laughs) drives my car i have to readjust the seat and it's so difficult to do that with manual seats and levers that's easier just push a button and have the electric motors do it for you. that sounds like a you problem for one and two that sounds like another stupid thing journalists bitch about God damn We're it. so pampered with our stupid like leather everything and power everything. And vent- I, I genuinely get pissy if a press <laughs> card doesn't have ventilated seats. <laughs> like I've become so spoiled with this. And correct, like, do you not get this as well? Like, it's got to be vented seats. Has to have adaptive crews. Has to have pano. Otherwise, I don't fucking want it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I get it. Oh yeah, the the lower the lower. I noticed that um, the lower door cards are hard plastic, I and that that is that is a visual high traffic area. That uh, you're going to touch the lower doors a lot. So, and I don't appreciate that on this uh, twenty four dollar vehicle that they're not wrapped in dead cows. Do you and, not? Uh, caress, I think that's kind of bad. Do you not caress every single surface? No. When you drive, this baffles me to death. I don't <laughs> get this. Like when I was in L A last year, and I was still like super new to this. Not to say that I'm not new now, but I'm was much more new then. I was covering the LA Auto Show kind of loosely. And, like, on press day, it floored me that, like, journalists would, like, line up to get into a car and just molest everything. <laughs> oh, buttons, hmm, buttons, headliner, hmm, dash, lowered, hmm, 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 and, like, get out of this, like, brand new Honda Accord. That's a beautifully appointed vehicle and get out and shake their heads, like, oh, lower door cards are really fucking Tupperware. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Who was molesting a lower dash? It is a nice detail thing on like higher higher value cars. It's a nice thing I appreciate. Yeah. We're like, okay, you got a leather wrap dash. You have like or in the case of this old one forty Benz, like wool, thick wool carpet all the way up like the lower half of the dash. Like the knee panel's all wool. It's gorgeous. Nice. And on that caliber of car I expect it. But it's it's just kinda of sucks me as a dumb journalisty nitpick to be like, oh, it's hard plastics. More hard plastics than I would like at this touch point. <laughs> I just don't appreciate it. It's a very Volkswagen thing. To have these touch points, these hard plastics, it, it belies the fact that it's not an Audi. It's very much a Volkswagen. And this Canyon Denali also has. But, like, on a Denali, it should have a leather wrap dash. So, like, there's merit to it. I yes. don't know. <laughs> <laughs> How much more would that be to make the interior a little more special? We are our owners. 
we are our own worst enemies. Yeah. So what have we got coming next week? Next week, uh, I don't remember. Next week we well, have a Silverado 2500 HD. We do. You have your trait. You are swapping your little truck for a big truck. A huge truck. Very big. Yeah. Uh, Which I'm kind of looking forward to because I think that one's also a diesel if my memory serves, right? So another giant diesel HD truck. Nice. Uh, we have a second truck next week. We have the refreshed uh, Honda Ridgeline Touring. Is that a truck? It has a bed. It has a bed. I like those. It's all the truck you need. I'm looking forward to checking so that out. you had out. last one, right? No, I never had one. I thought you had last one. I actually dibs to that Passport Ridgeline because I wanted to play with it. Oh. And it's been like moved around like four times just because of like scheduling snafus. Ugh. Uh, we got a Volkswagen Taos as well, which is a... Uh, it's hard touch, hard touch plastics on the lower doors. Yes. I don't appreciate that. Yes. With Volkswagen, I want nothing but the best fit. No. <laughs> uh, it is an car-shaped car. But it's a good car-shaped car that sells very well. Yeah. Well enough to have murdered the indomitable Golf. Yep. At least in North America. Uh, and we have more Mach-E uh, next week. So this week we spent the week with the uh, Mach-E Premium Long Range. Next week, we got the fast one. We got the Mach-E GT. The juicy Mach-E. Mm. So we can just have this whole debate again exactly. with Imran and or Rush. Yes. And see what they think about my Continental idea, the Continental Thunderbird idea. Precisely. Very good. I just thought of that on the spot right now. Act honest to God. Like the Thunderbird yeah. thing I've had cooking in my head for a while, but like the, the Continental thing, I'm pretty proud of that. That's good improvisation, man. Yeah. Someone's stealing that for sure. Yep. Okay. All right. Well, thank you all for tuning in uh, on to lucky episode number 13. Uh, if you wish to keep tabs on our adventures, and you totally should, you can follow along at doubleclutch.ca on socials. We're on Facebook and Insta. And, um, yeah, we'll see you next week, Nathan. Thanks for tuning in, guys.